This is Channel 253. In this episode of Citizen Tacoma. Are we, as a community or as a state or as a country, in crisis when it comes to issues of policing and police use of force, in your opinion? Yeah. Did you know Channel 253 is member-supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma, my heart beats true blue. Citizen Tacoma, I'll always vote for you. Welcome to another episode of Citizen Tacoma. I am Eric Hanberg, formerly of the We Art Tacoma podcast, um, but things in our city uh, are pulling me over uh, to Citizen Tacoma right now um, with the incidents that took place what is uh, last week on the uh, 23rd. I really felt like Citizen Tacoma was uh, the place where I should be spending my time. My goal is to talk to Tacoma City Council members about policing in Tacoma, police use of force, um, Manny Ellis, uh, and again, the event specifically on the 23rd, um, and find out what they're thinking. Uh, what do they think should be happening? Um, what are their thoughts on these big picture issues? What are their thoughts on the specific issues? And let's uh, let's get that uh, on tape for our listeners. My first guest is council member Christina Walker, and I hope uh, more elected officials will come. Let's get to the interview. Welcome to Citizen Tacoma, my first episode hosting. Uh, as I said, I'm Eric Hanberg, and my guest today is Council Member Christina Walker. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Happy to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming to talk about uh, what's been happening recently with uh, police use of force, uh, what happened just last weekend in Tacoma. Um, and so uh, thank you for, for spending the time. Do you want to introduce yourself real quick and a little bit about yourself before we dive into all of that? Yeah, so um, as you said, Councilmember Christina Walker, I am one of the citywide representatives. Um, I started on council in January 2020, so just been on for a little bit over a year and um, came to city council by way of work on primarily multimodal transportation uh, walking, biking, and transit, and street safety. That's great. And in your first year, there's been a pandemic and all sorts of things happening. So thank you for jumping into all of these different things. Uh, quite a year to get introduced to council, I'm sure. Yes. yes. And uh, it has been a new year for everybody on council. So right. maybe makes me feel a little less like a newbie <laughs> because it's everything's new to everybody. Everything's new to everybody. At this point. Yes, exactly. Um, well, I want to get into it, and and here's how I'm thinking we can structure this conversation. Um, I want to just talk big picture with you about some of these issues that are arising out of police use of, of force in general, um, and I think that that would be a really good baseline for when we start talking about some of the specifics, um, if that works for you, yeah, uh, for 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 moving forward, and then uh, we'll get into specifically what happens. And and listeners, my goal is to really find out here um, what our council members are thinking and uh, what they want to see happen, and and all sorts of things there. So, okay, let's jump in. So let's start with with as I said, police use of force in general. Um, 
been a really big issue now for several years as we are seeing you know, more people with cell phones recording uh, incidents of uh, either deadly police use of force or things that come close to deadly uh, use of force. Um, and it's creating a lot of uh, questions in the community for elected officials about how these officers um, are trained, how they are uh, treated by prosecutors or other law enforcement after incidents. And I just want to start with this question. You know, how do you think about uh, these issues as a, as, a, as a person, as an elected official, however you want to interpret that question? Yeah, and I would say in my first year on council, this is uh, the issue, I, or policing in general has been the issue that has risen to the top the most often, um, and is certainly not something that I had a lot of basis um, or expertise. I still still am not an expert, but I've certainly learned a ton this year um, on this topic because it is so important to the community, and we've seen um, horrific uh, incidents happen in our community and across the country, and so clearly um, there's some change that needs to be made. So, um, and I think it's worth noting, highlighting that Tacoma is not the only city dealing with these issues. And, um, you know, in, in a way that that's helpful because we can all learn from each other and we, we do uh, learn from other cities, um, in, in some ways that's really depressing. Um, but we know, I mean, let's just start from that point. Um, we need change. We need to do things differently. And that is why um, this year in June, we passed that resolution. The number keeps getting thrown around, but essentially our transformation resolution that said, we're going to do things differently. And not just in policing, although the, the, the first point in that resolution is policing, but it's about uh, recognizing that our systems and our city are built on systematic racism and that we need to change that. We need to lead with anti-racism in everything we do. And we need to start by addressing um, how we police and how we approach community safety. Um, so that I think was a, a great first step, um, putting that out there, putting that, that um, resolution out there to, to lead our work. And there are many, many things. I mean, that the resolution in and of itself was 12 pages long and the list of things that we wanna do within that is even longer than that. I mean, there's tons of work to do. Um, but that was really helpful in saying to the community, we see this, we get it, we get it th that it's a problem and we're committed to, to making change and doing better. The challenge I think is how much to jump forward because we see the problem and we want to make a change. I mean, our job as city council members is to make policy and to revise policy. And I see that as my job is to make our policies more equitable and to move the city forward to being an anti-racist city. So there are a lot of things that we all want to jump in on and say, let's just fix this now. Like we've seen these programs in other cities. They seem to be working there. Let's just do that. Let's stand that up right now. So how far, how much to jump ahead and then how much to um, engage the community um, in what they want to see. Um, and, and let's be clear too. I mean, this is, my voice shouldn't be centered on this. Um, but either as a council member or as a white woman, we need to center on voices of color. We, we know the disparities exist and the disparities are around particularly black men, but people of color. So we need to center those voices. So how do we do that and still move as fast as the community wants us to? So that's the tension that we're, we're constantly struggling with. But I think to answer your question very straightforwardly, we recognize that change is needed. 
I want to, um, first of all, I appreciate your answer. And I also want to center, I, I, I also appreciate what you're saying about not centering um, the conversation on yourself in that way. Um, but I do also want to hear from you in particular. So I, I heard uh, we a few times of what the we, the council are doing. And I think my goal here is to sit down with any Tacoma City Council member who wants to talk about these things so that I can hear from what everyone um, is thinking individually um, and see see what's happening there. So so that would be the first thing that, that, that I want to say for the rest of this is really making sure that we're talking about what you think about these things um, so that if I sit down with any other council member, I'm just getting what, what they're thinking about things. Um, I, I, I am, uh, I default, I think, to a we statement for sure um, with my work on council, and I appreciate that, and, and I will definitely um, uh, be conscious of that. But I also think it's important for people to know that the work we're doing on the council is a group effort, and that when we do move forward on things, we do need to vote on it as a council and course. move forward yes. as a council. So no no one council member is, can, can yeah. do, yes, I, I that's a very good point. So there's a... There's a range of responses to um, people who see this problem. One of them uh, is defund the police. On another side of things, it's like, there is no problem. We don't need to make any changes. And then somewhere in the middle of that, there's like, you know, we can make tweaks. Uh, uh, we can reform. Um, if, if there's that spectrum, where do you personally find yourself on that spectrum? Yeah, I think... Um as I said, I think change needs to happen. Um, and I, I am not here to defund the police. I think we can make changes, um, without defunding the police. And I want to make sure that when you call 911 in an emergency, there's someone there. Um, so I, you know, community safety is important to me and there are so many calls being made every day that are being answered and things are, are being taken care of. So I am not going to defund the police, but I don't think saying that we're going to tweak the system uh, is what we need either. I think that there are, are big transformations um, to, to just use that word that we have continued to, to use. I think transformation needs to happen. And, and I think some of those things, um, you know, we implemented the body cams this year that was a thing that the community had been asking for for a long time. I think that was a really important thing to do to say, hey, community, we hear you. Um, it didn't happen before. We should have moved quick, more quickly. Let's do this. So things like that that are pretty, um, I know it has not been easy to do it, but for me, that was an easy answer. Yes, we're, we're adding body cams. Let's do it. Okay. Um, but there's other things that I think are, are more than tweaks that we need to make changes in accountability. Um, the way we ask the um, police officers to interact with the community. I hear so many great things about um, the community liaison officers. I think that's because their job is to communicate with the the public. And so they're, they're out there developing relationships with their neighborhoods. Um, and then in return, delivering to the community in a, a safer way. Um, and so I think we, we have things in our, in our department that are going well. And so, um, expanding those, um, one of the things that a lot of people have sent me, a lot of constituents have sent me this suggestion for, um, doing some kind of cahoots model. Um, this is the Eugene, Oregon 
um, model of responding to 911 calls. I think there's a lot that can be done in how we respond to calls. And I don't know the model. Could you describe it real quick for a listener who doesn't know what a CAHOOTS model is? Yeah, it's um, and and it's um, out of Eugene, Oregon. If you want to Google and read more about it, but essentially, it's not responding to every nine one one call with an armed officer. There's mental health um, professionals um, as well, and in other, I don't think they do this in that model, but other models also include like a traffic division that does traffic stops. And so that's also not something we're asking an armed police officer to do. So there are, there are many different models that we could implement and figuring out uh, which one make the most sense. You know, that's where we are in the process. But I think that um, really um, figuring out a different model is, is where we need to go. So how do you implement that is the question. So we did do a study on call diversion, you know, so if you call 911, do you request a mental health professional instead of an armed police officer or does the person who answers the 911 call uh, make that decision based on the input they get? You know, these are things that we have to figure out, but making changes in the way we deliver service. So I guess on your spectrum of yeah keep it the same to defund, you know, it's, it's, it's past the tweak, but it's um, still uh, not completely dismantling the entire system. But, but if I understand, you know, uh, what you're talking about with like that diversion thing where you're sending a mental health professional or you have an unarmed response for traffic stops or things like that. um, Maybe I'm, I'm making an assumption here, but my assumption is, is that the funding for something like that would probably in order to pay for it, have to come from the police budget, in which case it's not a defund the police. But if I understand what you're saying, you might be open to using some of those responses to carve out different funding for other professionals who aren't armed officers. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. And and we did um, put funding into a Department of Community Safety in the last budget. Um, so that's going to be stood up this year. Um, and so I think that's the start of that conversation. Where do we put money um, that looks different. So let's say we took just one of, um, one of those things like, um, the, the, the diversion or some, or one of the other, the reforms that that you might be open to. And if you were going to try to make one of those things happen, how could you walk like a listener through how you understand that would happen? Like, like if you wanted to make that change, there's you, um, there's the rest of the council, there's the city manager, there's the, what is right now an acting police, uh, chief, what has to happen to make something like that happen on a, on a structural level? Yeah. Uh, good question. So, um, any, I mean, any council member could bring forward any idea like that. Um, in general, uh, those sort of discussions start with one or two, uh, council members. I think, um, when we're looking at police use of force, we have, we get an update on this transformation every week. And so there's a really easy uh, space for any council member to bring up any one of these changes that are related to transformation um, every Tuesday on in study session. That's not necessarily true if you have something totally um, outside of this topic. So just to be clear, when we're talking about things within transformation, we're ready to go for conversation every Tuesday. So 
Um, I want to bring forward, let's say, um, you know, a department of traffic enforcement, just completely stand up a new traffic. Okay. So we've had internal conversations. I've talked to the mayor. I've talked to the city manager. This sounds like a good idea. We bring it forward to study session. We, we talk about it as a council. Is there a city code that has to be changed? Is it a budget issue? Um, is it just a resolution? Do we just need to highlight it? And so then we sort of head down one of those tracks. If okay. it's a budget issue, um, it is... The, you know, we just passed a biennial budget. So that just happened at the end of 2020. We will make mid biennial changes um, this November. So usually in the fall, if there's big budget changes, um, if there's little budget changes or there's just a little bit, you know, sometimes we can figure that out, particularly if it's moving money around. Um, this is something I'm brand new to. So I um, speaking a little bit out of my <laughs> out of my element on, on that one, um, sort of mid biennium, but um, bringing that forward for the full council to discuss, and then we would pass that and move it forward. And then we every resolution or ordinance that we pass directs the city manager to do fill in the blank. And so um, we would put that forward. It directs the city manager to do X, Y, Z. If it's related to um, uh, changing something at the police department, she would work with the interim chief to make that happen. Um, there it is. Okay. Now, if it's something that we can't do because either it's not legal, because sometimes I've run into that in the past year, there's a state law that prevents us from doing the thing we want to do. Okay. So then that goes on our state legislative list and okay. then it goes to the state legislature the next year. Um, if it's something that um, is related to the union contract, which things often are, whether we're talking about police or any other city employee, then it may have to get put on the list of things that we ask the the union for in the next round of negotiations and every union is going to have a different timeline for that. I want to linger um, there for just a second. Um, so if I understand you can pass something and then um, that goes to your employee, the city manager, and she takes that to a police chief, but then it may not happen for a while because it is in negotiations with the police union, which represents the officers. Is that accurate? Yeah, and I don't think we would get that far. We, we, it would be flagged um, before you, know, you before passed it, it. Before before we passed it, that we wouldn't be able to pass it in its entirety until. And so I'm guessing that the language would reflect that in some way, or that we would be advised to wait until we're able to do that. But but yeah, certainly it could say something like, "We direct the city manager to." Um, you know, work with the union to try to make this change. Whatever the changes that, I, that we're yeah. hypothetically talking yeah. about. Okay. But are, so anything are, we pass has to fit within the construct of what's already legal with Tacoma Municipal Code, Tacoma Municipal Code, plus any county things that affect us, and then of course state and federal. And there are mechanisms along the way, but I've found a couple times that that we get held up by that state piece. Um, and it's not that there's not energy at the state. It's just everything takes a little bit longer. And then we call our delegation. And then, you know, our list of state legislative actions this year is is huge. Um, okay. We're, you know, we're down there virtually multiple times a week on on state bills that are going to significantly impact Tacoma. Are, are, are you in negotiations with the police union right now? Um, so I think that it has started. Um, 
we, as you maybe know, um, finalized a contract at the end of last year. Um, and this, as it often happens, the negotiations um, extend beyond the end of the contract. And so if there is not a signed or agreed upon contract at the end date, they just continue on the previous one until the new one's signed. So we had f finalized that one um, and started right in on the next one. So, and I guess this is typical. I mean, some cities are in negotiations for three years past the end date. This is not uh, atypical at all. Um, so we were able to negotiate some things uh, in 2020 uh, with the, the union. And, and just again, from a process point of view, the negotiating team comes to the city council and we discuss, um, suggest what we wanna include in that. And then they go back to the negotiating table um, at, with the police union negotiating table or wh whatever the union is, the same process. Um, the One of the things that we're excited about this round is that we do have two citizen um, representatives who will sit in at the actual negotiating table this hmm. this round. Um, and it's the first time it's happened and, and they are getting trained up right now. Um, and so having some, some citizen oversight, I think, is going to be a really um, important step uh, in from, from multiple, I mean, I think our outcomes will be better, but I also think from just the involvement, um, community involvement and transparency side too. Are we as a community or as a state or as a country in crisis when it comes to issues of policing and police use of force in your opinion? Yeah. I, I asked that there because um, I don't think if I had to guess that the community wants to wait three years for a new union contract for some of these changes to happen. And if that's typical, um, I think there's going to be a lot of, of anger if, if things aren't addressed faster than that timeline. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Are there ways that the city could speed it up that you know of? Yeah, not that I know of. Um, I mean, yeah. Not if not if we want to make big changes, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, I will say another thing that happened in our 2020 negotiations is that the police union did put out a statement um, recognizing and agreeing to work with the city on our transformation. And so that was another big step, I think symbolic step that they, they recognize that. Okay. So great. I think we're in a, a, a decent place to, to start conversations. Great. Um, are there reforms that you would like to see or transformations, whatever the word is that you want to use, um, that you would like to see in the next, uh, next go around with the union? Well, um, without getting too specific, I mean, the transformation resolution is what we're interested in doing. Um, the other thing that, that we just got, um, is the recommendations from, uh, 21 CP, which is 21st century policing, a, a national consultant that we've worked with um, since June, since we signed that resolution. And they interviewed each of us and they interviewed many people within the police department. They interviewed community members um, and they did an analysis of all the policies. And they just sent us the recommendations yesterday um, and that they were sent out to the public too. You can find those um, very easily. There's 64 recommendations. And um, I think that's sort of the framework of where we'll work. Um, I don't know 
and, and we'll get a presentation on this on Tuesday. I don't know the exact next steps on how we take those recommendations and implement them. I mean, some of them will be relatively easy. Um, some of them relate to communications with the community. Some of them relate to communications um, between departments. Um, some of, but a lot of them are are the use of force policies and how they're worded in um, the TPD's language. So I think that's a great place to start if you, if if people want to understand what we're trying to do. Is, is there, I, I guess I, I want to linger on that for a second. Is there a reason that, that you don't want to get specific, that, that you're worried about risk or liability or something like that? That's been one of the charges that, 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 that the city's too cautious. And I just want to investigate it, what, the, what the thinking is that you have there about why not getting too specific on some of the um, things that you want to see. Yeah, so and and I don't want to get too specific on the the union negotiations, but I don't but I do think that the the transformation resolution, we can get specific on that and we can get specific on these 64 recommendations. Um but I do think that a lot of them um are very in the weeds wordy about clarifying use of force, about um restricting use of force. Um yeah, I guess where where would you like to dig in? Well, more? I, I, I guess I just want to do that. <laughs> so so you so if if someone wants to know what you support in terms of like changes uh, or transformations, there that document lays out very clearly what what you want to see happen. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I will uh, look to find that document so I can include it in the show notes. I want to move on. Um, to, to getting more specific uh, with um, first Manny Ellis and then again what happened uh, over the, the a week ago. Um, but before we do that, why don't we take a quick sponsor break and then we come back and we'll dive right in. This is Doug Mackey, producer at Channel 253 and proud Alaska Airlines frequent flyer. What are you excited about in 2021? For me, it's travel. Doesn't that sound amazing right now? I spent most of 2020 looking at the same four walls in my studio, so I'm more excited than ever to get out and see the world. I want to sit in a coffee shop in some new city and read a book, or visit a museum, or visit archaeological sites like Tikal in Mexico. Ugh, it feels so good to think of these things. I know there's a lot to get through before some of that will happen. But where last year it was hard to think more than a week in advance, I have the confidence to actually start planning some vacations now. And that's where Alaska Airlines comes in. I'm not going to the travel sites. I go directly to alaskaair.com and book my travel because I want great customer service and direct flights to my favorite destinations. I also trust Alaska to keep me safe during travel right now. Their standards for social distancing and reduced touch travel are incredibly high. So if you're excited as I am about getting out to see the country, or you have to travel for essential work right now, start with Alaska. Do what I do and skip the travel sites and visit alaskaair.com to book your next flight. Thank you, Alaska Airlines, for taking me where I want to go in 2021, and thank you for your support of Channel 253. Welcome back to Citizen Tacoma with Christina Walker. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg, and I want to uh, just give a plug to Channel 253 membership. 
Um, we are a, an independent podcast network, and we really appreciate not only uh, our sponsors, like you just heard, but also uh, the members who are helping to make Channel 253 happen. You get access to a special podcast called Off the Record with producer Doug Mackey. And uh, there's also a member forum uh, where lots of really good conversations happen. And um, I really encourage you to check that out. Channel253.com slash membership, $4 a month or $40 a year. Okay, thank you. Christina, um, I want to get a lot more specific if we can with this next part um, and talk about, well, what I, what I do primarily want to talk about is what happened on, you know, a week ago. But I think it's worth talking about Manny Ellis first because it's a shadow, it's a shadow that looms over it. Um, we're coming up on 11 months, I think, um, from the time that he was killed in police custody. custody. Um, that is still under investigation. Uh, and there's a lot of people who are really upset that we are still waiting on resolution. Um, what can you share about that? And what do you, what do you know? So likely your listeners know most of this, but, um, we did send that investigation to the attorney general's office, the state attorney general's office back in June, maybe it was the first week of July and it has been there since, um, we have sent letters of, um, asking for it to be expedited a couple times over the course of, of these, what are we at eight months, um, that it's been there. And, um, it is completely out of our control. The timeline is completely out of our control. We too are just waiting for the results of that investigation. Um, there was a lot of confusion at the beginning, um, at least on my end, as to where that investigation sat and um, who was doing it. And uh, I think eventually sending it to the AG's office was absolutely the right move. I mean, that was the, a request from the community, a request from the family, but it, it just was the right way to go because things were so confusing as to who was investigating and who was at the scene. And um, part of that confusion um, was this I-940 that the voters of Washington State um, implemented in the beginning of 2020. And so it was in the initial stages of being set up at that point. Um, it was clear that it wasn't completely set up. Um, there were there were moving pieces that we didn't understand. I certainly, I did not know about 940 until then. I am embarrassed to say that. I mean, I remember it being on the ballot, but I didn't understand how it would impact my job on the city council. Got and him. so uh, a fast learning curve there. Essentially, what I know 940 says is that um, any use of force incident will not be investigated by the body that is being investigated. So Tacoma Police Department does not investigate Tacoma Police Department. And so um, what has happened now with this incident that just happened last weekend with the, the police officer running over a person, that that is with the Pierce County force investigative team, the PC fit. So that is the independent organization or uh, independent team that is investigating it. It is made up of law enforcement from different agencies, as well as two community members. 
Um, but it's clear to the community across Washington state that this is not, was not the intention of, of I-940, that it was an independent investigation meant it was outside law enforcement. So we are actively, um, and you saw this probably in the paper this week, we are actively um, supporting the state, legisla state legislature to set up an independent body at a state level so that when a use of force incident occurs, it goes directly there. There's no questions asked. And that's part of just a circle back on the Manny Ellis case. That's why it was so, took so long, or part of why it took so long and was so confusing from the time that we found out about it till the time it got to the AG's office, um, figuring out who was investigating it and why. It should have never gone through that many steps um, as, you know, going to the sheriff's office, the Washington State Patrol, you know, all those moves. Uh, I-940 was designed to take all of that out of it, but it hadn't been implemented correctly. So um, I think we've fixed some of those things um, and we've learned a lot of lessons and it shouldn't take this to learn those lessons, but here we are. Um, and the, the city is actively working on advocating for that. And I think what I hear is that that will um, move through the state legislature and there will be this independent body moving forward. So for the incident that happened last weekend, that was immediately deemed a use of force incident and set, sent to this PC fit Pierce County force investigative team so that there was an independent body. So any of the information um, that they're using for the investigation went directly there. Who's in charge of designating that as a, as a use of force? Is that the, the acting or interim chief or is that the city manager? I don't know if that is, it's, it's one of them or both of them. Okay. And I'm not sure. Um, but that was, a it was a clear decision right from the beginning. Um, and that was the statement that, that, um, city manager Polly put out Saturday night. They had made the decision right from the, the start. It was use of force. Okay. Um, let's talk about, about Saturday night. Uh, the officer, as I mean, I, I don't think I need to recap, but an officer drove into a group of pedestrians, knocked over a, many of them, and drove over at least one person um, who, and someone went to the hospital, and the officer then drove away. And then later said, uh, according to statements, um, that he feared for his life. You said that that you know the the city manager put out a statement about how it's being treated, um, and I'm I, I want to just give you an opportunity. What do you want to say about that incident at this time? Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, cars should not hit people. Hard stop. I mean, I've spent most of my career working on this. Um, this is, cars should not hit people. Um, the videos I've seen are hard to watch. It's, it's horrifying. And I, and I know that it, as a, as an incident in general, the, the entire thing is triggering for a lot of community members and it is just a collective, I think one of my colleagues said this, but a collective community trauma to watch this in our city. I mean, this should not have happened. Right. Um, and the, um, follow-up, uh, you know, the, the arrests of community protesters raised a ton of questions. I mean, it does not seem right that the only two people that were arrested that evening were two 
people of color who were, were leaders in our community. And so those, I mean, those are questions that we have asked. Um, and, and there are a lot of questions around the, the incidents. Um, what kind of answers are you outside getting? of the, the, the incident where the officer ran over the person, but um, sorry, you, you were saying what you said, those are a lot of questions that we've asked. What kind of answers are you getting? Um, not a lot of answers yet. Um, so I think you probably heard at the end of council last week, we gave a list of questions to um, city manager Polly for her to follow up on. Um, and I expect we'll get answers this Tuesday. She's um, usually quite prompt on those kinds of things, or will at least let us know what we, we can um, have access to. Um, and then there are some yeah, like I said, you know, she'll let us know if there are things that we we don't have answers to or we can't find answers to. Um, but but continuing to understand um, sort of what happened that night and and it doesn't feel right that the only two people that were arrested were community activists and particularly people of color. There was there was frustration that night. There was frustration frustration into Sunday that um, we heard from the city manager, as you said, with this, uh, you know, with a statement about this is how it's going to be investigated. Um, the police uh, spokesperson gave quotes to the newspaper, um, but there were not that I'm aware of uh, Tacoma City Council people who spoke. Uh, the 27th District Democrats issued a statement saying that that was, you know, that 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 they needed to hear from their their council. Um, and then there were others, including on this podcast network. Um, in your opinion, you know, why, why not speak out that night? What was happening that, that prevented that? Well, I think in hindsight, it's really easy to say, oh, yeah, I should have definitely said something. It's all clear now. <laughs> At the time, you know, we're all searching for facts as to what was happening, and there was a lot of confusion around the actual event. Um, I, you know, I personally, I, I w- kept waiting for more details or more facts from the city, and um, we didn't get those and, until Monday. Um, so I think that that for me was part of it, just kind of waiting to, to see if I could weigh all the facts before I said anything rather than have a knee-jerk really, uh, reaction um, to things. So, and and like I said, in hindsight, it's really easy to say, oh yeah, that was really clear. I should have definitely said something then. Um, and then the other piece of it is, um, because, you know, a number of us did, uh, respond to the news tribune, which became sort of official (laughs) statements, uh, gathering them together. Yeah. At various points on Sunday. And so, you know, that, you know, as that request came in and then the mayor did put out a a statement. And um, I think we've said this before, but, you know, we can't put out a formal statement as a group. And I think it's helpful to the community when the city council speaks with one voice. Um, I know I agree with your point uh, that there's value in hearing what everybody thinks as well. Um, But uh, I, you know, I trust the mayor's leadership 100%. And so um, seeing what her statement was going to be that day, you know, it, it's a fine line for her speaking for the council. I mean, she never says that she does that, but she is our leader and, and I totally trust her, her statements when they come out. So um, there was a little bit of, you know, 
thinking that the mayor was going to put something out as well. So, I mean, you, you saw us not in our finest form, kind of <laughs> trying to figure out what was the best reaction there, what was the best way to communicate with the public. But I do think it's valuable for us to communicate as a, as a body um, to get the facts out to the community. I mean, we have people uh, looking at the incidents, the people watching the video and just seeing two totally different things. Um, so we were just bombarded with with different views of things. And so I think in, in my mind, I thought we were going to get some clarity and then we we're going to be able to say something profound. <laughs> right. Um, and obviously that was that was sort of the opposite that happened as we met on Monday and sort of thought out loud on camera <laughs> with all the new information. And, um, you know, I think people wanted to hear what we were thinking. And then when they heard what we were thinking, that wasn't exactly what they wanted to hear. So. Um, you know, figuring out a, a balance of sort of, we don't want to be, have too polished a statement that doesn't feel like we care and um, we don't want too much of a knee-jerk reaction. I, I think, you know, part of the, the what, what I see happening is um, gover- government, um, with, with, just to address that thing that you're talking about, you know, about like this happens um, Saturday around 6.30, and you know, there's a there's a long leg to get information to the council, um, and then there's another leg to get a meeting. Um, and I guess I would be curious, you know, should should do you do you, are you getting what you need from city staff, um, or do you want to see changes made there to get you know where where you have something faster? How how do you think about that? Yeah, I think the reaction is always I want more information and I want it faster. Um, but then I think the reality too is I don't always know what I'm going to do with that information once I have it. So I think, um, I think it's valuable, uh, and you know, this is how I reacted to it is for me to stay focused on the policy work that needs to be done and what do I need to know to make better policy and that we could figure out in you know, 48 hours so that we could take, take policy action. Do I need every bit of information that everybody has five minutes after the event? I mean, of course I want it. Everybody wants it, but I don't know that that's absolutely necessary. So um, I will say that everybody on the council requested more information. And um, this weekend, as we've been watching, uh, carefully watching to see if there, if, uh, any other incidents pop up, we've been getting very, very frequent updates from the chief and, and Elizabeth Polly. So um, I appreciate that. And I feel very much in the loop. I think there was just a lot of confusion that night. And um, is, is there, is there, a, is there something that either, either law or legal risk or something that is constraining you from saying that night, like cars shouldn't run over people. Officers should not run over people. Like, like is, is there, no, Okay. The, the, again, I'm, I'm referencing um, the, the 27th District Democrats who, who were saying, you know, getting typically risk-adverse advice, something like the council getting typically risk-adverse advice. I think I'm quoting that accurately. Um, that is preventing council from, from speaking. And I guess I just want to are, are are you constrained on some of those by, by law or, or fear of litigation? Or is it just um, wanting to make sure that you are speaking knowledgeably? For me, on on last or last Saturday and Sunday, it is the former. 
trying to figure out all the information and have all the knowledge. Okay. Um, I can't speak for other folks, but, and then, and then once the incident is sent to the investigation, then we don't speak on the investigation itself um, and, and figuring out what is actually involved in the investigation. I mean, yes, that's part of the, the thought process, but yeah, for me, it's, it in this incident was about figuring out what was going on. Well, I mean, when it's sent to the investigation, I mean, as you said, it was referred, it was classified as a police use of force very quickly, uh, or deadly use of force, you know, so that it would go to, to, to PC fit. Um, I guess, I guess this is just something that, that, that I, I do feel like is worth, is worth lingering on a little bit because I get the desire to create better policy, but I also think there is that side of, um, elected leadership where at times of crisis we need um i i don't know if moral leadership is the right word but but you know and someone to say um you know this is wrong um and and i i guess that's that's what people if i had to interpret that's what people were hungry for that night i agree with your assessment okay <laughs> um do you believe that the council your staff by which i you know mean the, the the city manager and the the acting police chief right now are all working toward the same goal of uh transforming uh policing in tacoma absolutely um and i think part of the reason i say that with so much confidence is because we talk about it every Tuesday. And I think, you know, even last Tuesday, I think somebody mentioned, um, we may not all have the exact same opinion on how we get there. I, I definitely think there are a variety of opinions on the council as to how we get there, but that we're working on transformation, that we see the need for change, absolutely. So, so when, when there are calls for, um, to put, you know, for the council to put pressure on the city manager to resign, um, you don't see that as being something that, that you want to take, want to implement because you, you see that you're all working towards the same thing. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, how do you, how do you resolve that tension that, that we mentioned before about, you know, this is a crisis, um, of policing and yet uh, the wheels of government turn, turn slowly. Um, you know, the many, many months between Manny Ellis and this past weekend, um, what's it going to take to, to speed it up? Yeah, I think there's, there's two things. Um, one is, um, a little bit of a, just the reality that things move slowly. And I know that we need things faster. We need things yesterday and we need change now. And, and I'm going to keep pushing for that um, and, and move us as quickly as we can. Um, and I think in that is the tension between moving forward quickly and moving forward with the community. And so I think the second piece of that is the communication around what we're doing. And I think, we actually have done more than we have 
told the public about and and nothing we do is secret right <laughs> everything's open to um, public disclosure requests uh, and this work in particular is on the website but i know people don't go there the website's not great it's not easy to to navigate and we we don't have a huge team um i think our media and communications office does great work but there's just not enough of them and i think that we need to especially in light of this last week we need to be thinking about how we can better communicate with the public I consider myself a, a pretty pretty informed person, and I and I, I did not know that Elizabeth Polly was briefing the council every Tuesday about these issues at study session. Yeah, yeah, and and you're not the first person I've heard that from. Um, so I think it, you know, and that's just one example of of things we're doing and conversations that we're we're having. And of course, you know, I spend all of Tuesday in meetings, speaking to the public, you know, between noon, noon and eight or 10 PM, I'm, I'm on zoom talking to the public. And I, I know that people don't have that kind of time. They're, they're, they don't want to, so we need to figure out a way to communicate that better out to the public, to be having those, um, those conversations with the public and, and inviting them in. Because I think that, what we have focused on over the last eight months is getting rolling out that work as fast as we can. Um, but we haven't been able to uh, let the community know about that. So I think it's both. I mean, I think we got to do the work. We got to move quickly. We got to, we got to, we got to do better. Um, we got to do more. We need to change. And the work that we are doing, we've got to figure out how to communicate better. And that's, that's me too. That's not all on uh on the communication staff. But I mean, I've heard a, a lot of people say, well, you know, other councils, you know, or like the city of Seattle, they're, they're all out talking to people all the time, you know, and that's a full-time job and they each have dedicated staff. So, you know, the equation is a little bit different, but, but I take responsibility for that too. You know, I can be out talking to the community more and sharing more of those things for sure. I, I think about this and, and my head goes to, I mean, I hate to say it, you know, like like the the next the next incident um, when there is another deadly police use of force in Tacoma, and and whether that there is actually someone who dies or whether it was just um, force that could have been deadly. Um, I guess the 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 fear that I have is um, that that the change is is you know however many policies we have is it enough like like you know or or are there there bigger things that need to happen um i guess that that would be my my fear and i don't really have a question to go with that but well i but i think it's a it's a great question just for all of us right and and i think that this highlights and and we put this in our statement and i i felt really strongly that that it's important to highlight this is that there's, we have a ton of work to do on the council. There's a ton of work we can do to change policy and accountability to improve our systems. But we also are going to ask the Tacoma Police Department to, to work on their piece and to um, 
you know, increase the amount of de-escalation training they, they take and, and improve their systems. We're going to ask our state legislators to, to meet us on these things um, that help improve policing in the state of Washington. And we're going to ask the community to, to come along with us and let us know. I mean, I think there's so many layers of this that, and I'm absolutely not deflecting this to anyone else. I mean, we are a huge part of this. Um, and we can do a lot of good work, but I think that that's a really important acknowledgement that it is not just one body that works on this. Okay. In to return to Saturday night real quick, and, and this gets to what you're talking about, what, as in terms of a process, do you know what we should expect for um, this officer who drove into the crowd of pedestrians? Is, is there you know, what should the community be looking for? Um, is this a weeks long process? Is, is it 10 months? Uh, like, like with Manny Ellis, I mean, like, like what, what should we be looking for? So I don't have any um, authority to say how long any investigation is going to take, but my gut is that this is a much shorter investigation. So I am anticipating answers much faster. Um, and then once we have those answers, that's when, um, if any action is taken on a um, HR level, that that's when the city manager will will take that take that action is after the investigation is back. And I think, you know, that is important. We want answers. We want to, to settle that or resolve that. But it doesn't mean that we don't stop doing the other work. Um, that we've been doing and these, these longer term changes in policy um, and, and, you know, keep doing the other work of the city council. I mean, you know, we opened two new homeless shelters this week. We're working on, uh, you know, three or four new bills that are coming forward next week. We're working on the mayor's guaranteed income. I mean, there's so many things that, that continue. And I think, you know, we're, we're an ecosystem and all of these things are connected. So we got to keep doing, doing that work as well as continuing to plug away on the transformation work. For someone who cares deeply about these issues, how would you recommend them um, making their voice heard, getting involved, uh, swaying, swaying either the, the council or, uh, you know, the manager, the police chief? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's there's a couple things. Number one, I want to say to the community how valuable it is to hear from them, um, both in at city council, you know, the people that come and give public comment that does make a difference that does push us. Um, push us to do good work, push us to move faster um, and push us to move towards an anti-racist city. The other, um, it, as well as emails, it's, you know, it's always helpful to get emails. I love getting emails from constituents that, that tell me what they want. Um, and I will also happily take the emails, what you don't want, but I love getting emails that are suggestions from other cities uh, who are doing it the way you'd like to see it done. Um, so keep sending the emails and keep letting us know. Um, my email is christina.walker at cityoftacoma.org. Um, I also, for the last four or five months, have been doing open office hours once a month, and anybody is welcome to come to that. We try to keep it under 20 people so it can be a bit of a dialogue, um, but continue to welcome dialogue and conversation. And then also, um, I know 
it came up a lot this week. We have our Communities Police Advisory Committee, the CPAC, um, that meets monthly. They take public comment as well, uh, email and in Zoom in person. Um, and so definitely uh, they are the voice to push us on, on these policies. Um, that group has also requested to become a citizen oversight panel. And so that is a, a process in city code. And so I'm, I'm really supportive of that. So we're looking into it. We've got, we got a process document this week to see how we could do that. Um, and it's not terribly complicated, but it does, because it is in code, we would have to do that. But that group is phenomenal. Um, now and the work that they're doing now. So, you know, let them know how you're feeling, but also as they become, um, probably become a citizen oversight group in the future, that'll, they'll um, be doing even more work and have more influence. So, um, and then lastly, um, there is a new group that is um, full now. We've selected the participants in our core coordinating team, which is part of the transformation work. Um, and it is a group that just started meeting um, a group of Tacoma residents um, that are intent, the, the group was put together with the intention of pushing us forward on all of the transform, transformation policy work. And I don't know at this point if they'll be taking comment, but um, it's worth looking at who's on that group. And you can always send an email to the staff to let that group know um, what you're interested in seeing. So I think uh, lots of lots of great ways to get involved. And I just, I feel like so many people have said, you know, it doesn't even matter, but I just, I want the, the listening public to know how much it, it means to us to to hear from the community how that does push us and activate us and light a fire under us to, to do better. So keep it coming. Yeah. Thank you, Christina. I appreciate you coming and talking about this. And I, I'm really am interested in, you know, if all nine city council members want to have these conversations, I am here to have them. Um, so if there's any other city council listening, um, please reach out. Uh, if I haven't reached out to you yet, I already have a couple more scheduled. Um, you mentioned some other things. Uh, we can just wrap up uh, with this. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about any of those other initiatives that you're working on uh, that you mentioned some of the other things that the city is uh, pursuing right now? Yeah, I, I mentioned the opening of a couple new uh, homeless shelters, um, which is um, exciting. We have a lot of work to do in the area of homelessness and housing, so glad to see that um, come forward. We did, um, I am excited to see, and this will be more interesting to talk about in the next few months, a disparity study around where our dollars go um, around housing. And, you know, we know there are disparities and inequities, and so doing the study just to solidify that, and then we can direct money in a, a more equitable way. Um, and then, as you know, I my uh, passion and my background is around multimodal transportation. So I'm really proud that uh, very early in 2020, we passed the Vision Zero uh, resolution, which is zero deaths on our roadways. And so um, really digging into the work with the great staff at Public Works to um, create safer and more accessible streets for everybody. And I think um, that work is really exciting. And then I just joined this national committee on uh, transportation and um, there's a national effort um, with our soon to be secretary, Pete Buttigieg, 
um, to get more dollars in that. So um, just a, a lot of exciting work happening around multimodal transportation. And I think the safety of people on our streets um, is all connected. And so I'm really proud to be part of that work and to be pushing that forward. And then lastly, I'll just mention, uh, we just passed relatively recently, I think it was November, um, a traffic data study, again, looking at disparities that we assume exist, but then we'll be able to direct our policy in a more equitable way towards um, traffic enforcement. Um, and so looking forward to seeing the, the results of those that study as well. So as you know, I could talk for an hour about transportation, so I'll, I'll stop there, but um, excited to have the opportunity to serve and be able to put move some of those things forward. Yeah. Well, thank you again for, uh, for coming on the podcast and, um, and for sharing all of that. And I would encourage everyone, Christina's email, as you mentioned, christina.walker at cityoftacoma.org. Um, and again, I'm hoping to, to have these conversations with, uh, with more council members and, and get, get their thoughts. So I appreciate your time, Christina. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 podcast network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Are Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, and What Say You? This is Channel 253.